0: text, in case you are turning in your devices or whatever and want to follow along, is going to be from Romans chapter 12. But just before we dive into that, I'd like to share um, just a few of the things that we discussed last week in message number one. We talked about perspective and how that when it comes to listening to God and discerning between the multitude of voices that go on in our person, in our head, that a lot of this has to do with perspective, and we talked about that perspective. And you know, the simple fact is, is that a lot of people look at the very same thing, but come away with a different perspective. Bible translations is a good example of that. There are a myriad of Bible translations, and each of them express the scripture passages in question in a little bit different way. Well, why? Why isn't the scripture when interpreted? Why doesn't it say one thing and mean one thing? And yet these are godly men and women who translated, uh, professors, theological uh, students, um, Hebrew and Greek scholars, and yet they come away with uh, different wording and different thoughts in various Bible translations. And Nina and I were talking about this last night and made the comment to one another you know living life isn't about being right it's about love and love supersedes being right and and we experienced an example of that yesterday when she encouraged me to come and join her in a little bit of gardening do you want to <laughs> Do you <laughs> just yeah, press it twice? Once more. It's yours now. Go. Sure yep.
1: Yeah. Okay, so well. do
0: think so. Do we have her on? Try it again. That is not green. Yeah, it, it won't go green. No. Here we go. So,
1: okay, so I love flowers. And last year we had a really neat experience. We planted for the first time sunflowers and we had this monster. Sunflower it must have been 13 feet tall and the head must have been about this big So I wanted to do that again this year. Well, anyway, the we they were a good 13 feet tall again But they did not produce the kind of sunflower and but he already told me as the summer was progressing you know, you grow up from a seed and then it becomes this giant thing and the thing about these giant sunflowers is they have these massive root systems that are impossible almost to get out of the ground. He had to saw them out from last year because they're so thick. So, yesterday, he just he says, well, are you ready for me to cut those down because fl- some of the flower, only one that's left still has a, a live flower on it. The other three of the heads are. So, I said, yeah, you can saw them down. And, well, I have some other plants there that are kind of in his way, some other flowers. Well, are you ready to get rid of these weeds? And I'm going, these are not weeds, these are flowers. So I said, well, you can get some of them out of your mowing way. And as he was chopping them down with live flowers on them, I said to the flowers, I'm so sorry, you guys. Thank you for being so beautiful and bringing beauty into my life. And he's going, oh, brother. And, <laughs> and, then, and, and so it was real. I said, you're just compassionless. You have no compassion. It was a matter of perspective. His perspective is these things are in his way. They're troublesome. They're they look troublesome. like weeds. They look, well, those cosmos do look like weeds, but they're very beautiful. See? The flowers are beautiful, but the, man, they grew up, they grew to this tall, they're too. They're huge. They're huge, and they're like a little forest of stuff. But I love them, and him, he just thinks, eh. And so it's a different perspective on yeah. the same. Like Lewis just did. <laughs> you, well, let me tell you what, you cannot yank those sunflowers out. No, the, the, you're not doing the, that. The stem of that sunfl- big sunflower was it's, like this, it's and it's massive. hard as a rock. It is hard, and you had to saw it.
0: It's like a baseball you bat. You had to saw Oh, could, if you hit yourself you, with
1: it, it'll knock you out. It is so yeah. hard.
0: You could absolutely beat somebody up with it. Yes, you I could. Mean, carry it in your car as a substitute Weapon. for a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also last week talked about our passage, uh, John chapter 10, and some words that Jesus spoke. I know my sheep. My sheep know my voice. A stranger's they won't follow. Now, Jesus gives us to believe that hearing God is just natural, it's not magical, it's not weird. And he expects that in relationship with him, we just know his voice. He's constantly speaking, and we should be constantly hearing. You know, when Nina calls me, even if she's out of state or from out of country, as has happened uh, at various times in our marriage when we were traveling, and uh, I remember one time uh, from India, and we've been to China and Europe and various places, and, you know, when she calls, I don't have to say Hello? Who is this? I recognize her voice immediately. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Jesus said, I know my sheep. My sheep know me. And they know my voice. And they won't follow a stranger's voice. All right? So I submit to you, however, that that's a process of learning. And that we must Mature in learning to distinguish between the many voices that are in our head and God's voice. And so, transformation in this series, talking about transformation, that's what I believe is that middle ground between the perfect potential and the rest that we enter into. In fact, I, I have a chart I'm going to show you. So th- this, in this series, we're going to talk about your original design. And today, I'm going to start with that as the foundation of everything we're sharing. The foundation of everything to hearing God is going back to our original design. Let me show you a, a graph here.
1: And then a word that you've been using is the transformation is the gateway. Yes. Maybe you're going to say that later.
0: Well, look here at this uh, graphic that we have. So you'll see on the left we have the positional truth. The positional truth is this, that we are one with Christ. That is spiritual reality. It's not something that's going to come. It is now. We read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and also Colossians chapter 3. It is when Jesus said, My sheep know my voice, that's an emphatic statement of now positional truth. And yet, you and I wrestle every day with many voices trying to decide is this God or not God? Now, how can that be if we're supposed to know his voice? It's because knowing his voice is a matter of maturing, and it's a journey, it's a process. There's actually a gateway into knowing his voice. There's a gateway into transformation. And where's it going to take you? Well, over on the far right side, then, you see our resting goal. In him I live and move and have my being. For me to live is Christ. You'll find those comments made in Acts chapter 17 and Colossians chapter 3. Again, this chart will be available. If you would like a copy of it as well, I'd be happy to send you my notes. And so what we have on the bottom there is Jesus' statement. My sheep know my voice. That's a positional now truth. But over on the far right, what we come into is a stranger. They won't follow. Or a strange voice, all those voices going on in your head, you won't listen to those. You will know clearly what is Jesus' voice and what is a strange voice. See, that's the place we desire to move into. That's the objective, but there's a gateway to get there. That's what I'm going to talk to you about today. And then Nina's coming back next week to share with you about those Numerous voices, but specifically, how you can discern specifically. She's going to give you practical examples of how the Holy Spirit, the voice of Jesus, speaks to us in our life. All right?
1: I'm going to have to come back and listen to this so that I know what
0: I'm saying next week. You are, because I'm committing you right now to what you're going to say. <laughs> we do that. We listened to last week's message together so that we could. Yeah, figure out today and decide what we're going to... So anyway, all right. So transformation, remember, say it with me. Transformation, transformation. Is, the gateway is the gateway to knowing his voice. Okay? Okay? It begins with what Paul tells us and comments about in the book of Romans, chapter 12. I'm going to have it for you on the screen. Let's look together. Here's verse one. And I'm reading from the Mirror Translation because I believe that the author here does such a fabulous job with picking up the Greek nuances of the language that Jesus spoke in. Live consistent with who you really are, inspired by the loving kindness of God, my brothers. The most practical expression of worship is to make your bodies available to him as a living sacrifice. This pleases him more than any religious routine. He desires to find visible individual expression in your person. So first of all, he mentions the subject of identity when he says live consistent with who you are. It's the word Parakaleo. Now, that's a, there's a similar word, uh, paracletus, that stands for the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus said, I am going to send another comforter, I'm going to send the person, Holy Spirit, to walk with you, lead you, guide you, speak to you, and tell you all things that the Father has said to me, he was using the word Parakletos for the Holy Spirit. Here he uses the word parakaleo. So it's from a a preposition indicating close proximity or proceeding from a sphere of union sprung from its author and its giver. The voice inside of you springs from the author and giver your Father.
1: Remember the illustration last week of the letters? We had Jesus on top of the letter C for Carol on top of G for God on top of and, and the, that oneness and that union that we actually already have.
0: And so Jesus uses the word kaleo and then litos, and kaleo means to identify by name. The exact same identity that he uses when he speaks about the Holy Spirit, how many of you know the Father knows the Holy Spirit really well, okay I mean there's no what you say? can you imagine can you imagine in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, any one of them saying to the other uh, i didn 't get that what'd you say could you, could you repeat that i don 't understand what you mean. You know that never happens in the Trinity, uh, uh, you know, the the perichoresis, the divine dance uh, uh, and oneness of the Trinity, into which you and I have been brought. When Paul uses the language, you are one in Christ, Christ is in you, you have been raised, co-raised with him, you're now seated in heavenly places. He's using the term and the thought of perichoresis. We've entered the divine dance. But getting to know that voice does take a transformation. There's a gateway to where we can then just rest in familiarity, where I really know that voice and it makes sense. Then he says something which is very interesting. He uses the term brothers in this first verse of Romans 12. Brothers. It's the word adelphos. It comes from the Connective particle, meaning womb. Think about this now. Paul said that Jesus is my elder brother. <laughs> I've come out of the same womb as Jesus. Have you ever thought? Jesus is, we're, we're, uh, Jesus is called our brother. Our elder brother. That means we've been born out of the same womb. So in other words, you have the ability to grow and mature in listening to the voice of God, just like Jesus did, who grew as a child. And the scripture says he grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. Do you know Jesus made mistakes as a child? Do you know Jesus didn't get A pluses on all of his homework? Do you know that Jesus, as he was learning carpentry, missed the nail every once in a while and hit his thumb? Yeah, he grew in stature, he grew in wisdom to become who he was as Jesus, 100% man, but also then the incarnation of God. And the Bible says that you and I are born, birthed out of the same womb as Jesus, and he calls us brother in this verse. Then he makes this statement, make your bodies available as a living sacrifice. Many of the translations say present your body as a living sacrifice. The term used here for present is peristemi, and it means to exhibit or to present. Now, it's not speaking of the sacrificial or animal sacrificial system or the sacrificial system of dead animals, but of living people. You and I, daily, as living people, present ourselves to the Lord. Now, I want you to look up here, everybody. Can I get your attention just for a minute? I know it's kind of a sleepy morning, isn't it? Shake yourself. Pinch yourself. You know when you're driving the car and you start falling asleep and so you roll down the window and you stick your head out or you you chew on your tongue or bite your lip or you turn the music up or... I've chewed on my tongue, I've bit my tongue like when I, I, had to, I had to make my goal I had to get there, maybe even running late I do this sometimes on the highway coming back from an appointment it's a sleepy afternoon, the sun is hot you know, and I'm in my car driving and you're realizing, ooh, ooh this is not safe you know <laughs> and you start doing things to stay awake do that right now, everyone, <laughs> right now come on, stay with me here the Lord wants you to hear this so, we must be intent. watch this We must be intentional about inserting activities, practices, and values into our life that lend themselves to awareness. What am I talking about? Worship? Contemplative silence in his presence? Reading scripture? Reading. Now, I know some of you don't like to read. I've had people tell me, you know, when it comes to theology, I don't read anything but the Bible. I'll tell you what, if you're not reading, you become a slave of your own ignorance. You just will. You've got to read, all right? Now you say, well, I I, I just can't can't read. Well, there's Audible. You can listen to it. Some of you have so much time in the car, you can listen to a book in a week. I, I do that all the time. I have Audible on my device. When I get in the car, I do not turn on the radio. I put on Audible and I listen to books. So I read books constantly. Gathering is another way to be intentional with surrendering. So see this, surrender isn't, I surrender, I'm nothing, oh God, make me holy, take my life over. Surrender is presenting ourselves through worship, contemplative silence, reading, gathering, play and work. Yesterday, digging in the garden, cutting down those those weeds, I realized I was having a moment with the Holy Spirit.
1: No, you were having a moment with me. Well, of course, I am kind of like the Holy Spirit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you know the, what? Yes.
1: I, and by the way, this isn't just an issue of works. Sometimes it sounds like, oh, I got to read, oh, I got to yeah. pray, oh, I got to do this, oh, I got to do it. And it just becomes works. I think we find a flow. Yes. I think it comes and it goes. I think how much you do of which thing comes and it goes. There's no pressure that it, ha- although it's intentional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what I want my life. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to transform. I want to know God more. Yeah. But it's not a matter of, if, if I don't do this, yes. God is going to be upset with me.
0: You're so right. If I exactly. don't do,
1: th- I have to appease God's wrath. By making sure I pray an hour a day. After all, you know, yeah. Jesus said to the disciples, could you not pray an hour yeah. with me? Well, you know, that was that time, that situation, those people.
0: Or reading your Bible quota. Yeah, a re- right. Know, I, I have I to read do, this much Bible. I got to do a psalm. I got to do a proverb. Right. I got to do a chapter out of right. the Old Testament.: right, right, And right. those things are good if, if you have a reading plan. You know, more power to you. But I'll tell you what's even more important than that is being contemplative in his presence and listening.
1: And I want to add this. You know, we've learned in our society, we've learned that people learn in different ways. Some people learn through touch. Some people learn more through sight. Some people learn more verbally and hearing. And I think, you know, you might tend to spend your time with God in the way that fits you the best, which may not be what fits me or fits you
0: or whatever. Absolutely. Great point. All right, here's the journey, all right? Here's the process that that I really want to drill down on that's going to help you get from positional truth to rest, resting in in him I live, move, and have my being, okay? Ready? Verse 2. Do not allow current religious tradition to mold you into its pattern of reasoning now, patterns of reasoning can come from, well, Nina, you listed them last week. Friends, religion, school, everybody, parents.
1: Everybody was bringing up all of these. Right. right? Education, Education yeah.
0: culture, social media, all of these are patterns of reasoning, okay? Like an inspired artist, give, look at this, give attention to the detail of God's desire to find expression. In you. Become acquainted with perfection. To accommodate yourself to the delight and good pleasure of Him will transform your thoughts afresh from within. Here's what the English Standard Version of that says, and you might be more familiar with this as verse 2 ends. Watch that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, that good, acceptable, and perfect. See, there is a discernment. There is a process where we're transforming ourselves and, and learning to listen, learning to operate in greater awareness. And the first thing he brings up is we've got to watch patterns of reasoning that come in and lock us into a certain way of believing, certain way of practicing our faith, certain way of, you know, I've got to do this to get God. And those come through the school, the parents, the culture, uh, religious teaching, all of that, social media. all right. Patterns of reasoning come from historical experience. Jesus said, be careful what you hear. You may need a flamethrower to take to your thought life. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I talk about flame, a flamethrower? They, and they still use them, especially on farms where they have to burn down weeds and ditches and so forth. They go out there with a gas pack on their back and a, and a, and a handle kind of like the, the, the hose uh, utility uh, at the end of a, a hose in a washer where you wash in your car, kind of like that, and, and you pull the trigger, and it throws a flame from here across the room, Right? They used to use it. They use, still use it, I think, in wartime to burn down paths in the jungle and so forth. But uh, it—you can do that with your thought life. You can burn down the bastard weed crop that's been planted through reasonings. All right, patterns, patterns affect your listening. Patterns, reasonings that you've built, and you say, "Oh, well, I've always thought the Bible said this." I was taught the Bible says that, and I and, uh, bless God, I'm not going to believe it any differently. <laughs> well, again, that's ignorance gone to seed, all right? To build your life upon reasonings and say, it can never be different, it can never changed. it can be, you know, my, my preacher told me this, or I read this in a book, or I, when I've read the Bible, this is what it says, all right? <clears throat> so we've got to keep it fresh. We've got to keep it moving. So patterns affect our listening and our hearing. Even though you know the voice of Jesus, even though you've come from the womb of the Father as Jesus did, patterns affect your hearing. All right. Then he says, give attention, give attention to the detail of God's desire to find expression in you. I love that. Now watch. Here's Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. I'll read it first from the English Standard Version. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above. Okay? He said, give attention to what? Give attention to the detail of God's desire to find expression in you. You know, God is constantly expressing himself through you. God's constantly expressing himself through us. right? He says, give attention to God's desire. You know, even when I don't feel like it, God's passionate about it. Even when I'm having a difficult day or am overwhelmed by circumstances, God is passionate about continually expressing his desires through me. What do I need to do? Rest, become more aware of that, and give attention So how do we do that, Colossians 3.1? If you then, being raised with Christ, right, seek the things that are above. Watch this. Message translation. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. New American Standard Version. Keep seeking the things that are above. New International Version. Set your hearts on things. You know why I don't listen to the radio very much when I get into the car? And I'm not telling you not to do that. It's not like a sin. Here's why. What I just read, set your hearts on things above. It's because I make a conscious choice, I'm being intentional with building my awareness, building my uh, sensitivity and awareness to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I turn on something that's going to feed me. I turn on stuff that is going to challenge my mind to think differently. As our friend from Switzerland said last week, metaneo. The Greek word for repentance, to put God at the center of your thinking. Now, watch this. Love this translation. The Passion Translation. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. Let me ask you something. When you climb in your car and you're going to an appointment, or you're driving over to the Walmart to buy groceries or whatever, do you have a yearning inside to just take that drive and listen to the Holy Spirit. As you're getting out of the car and you're walking up to the grocery store to get get your grocery, do you have a yearning that in there, of all places, God's going to say something to you that's going to alter your thought life, change your life, make you more friendly, loving, kind, so that when you get in the, the checkout line, there might be an opportunity to share God's love with somebody that's having a hard day. Maybe the checker you know and so you're just you're listening to God's expression on the inside of you and when you get up to the checker you hear what the previous uh, person checking out said to them and how rude they treated them and when you get up there you just bless them and let them know what a great job they're doing and i'm sorry you're having a difficult day and boy i've been there too and and and, and i just bless you you're doing a great job maybe even leave them a tip Those kind of things come out of God's expression of love, and it's constantly going on, but there's so many voices talking to us. This and that, i got to get done, and boy, this relationship, and this problem back home, and the stack of bills, and this didn't go right, and this person cut me off when I was making my way over here. I can't bless the Lord or anybody else. I was cut off, and I'm mad. (laughs) So here's the mirror translation of verse 1 of Colossians 3, watch. See yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Oh, Jesus. Say it with me. Those last four words. Three words. Relocate yourselves mentally. Say it again. Relocate yourselves mentally. I told you that there is a gateway of transformation from the ideal or positional truth into this resting place of in Him I live and move and have my being. What is it? Relocate your thinking. You've got to do this. You've got to apply yourself. You've got to experience some seeking, some pursuing some setting your heart on, some yearning. See, I do that by being intentional with with changing my thought life, all right? So he says, do not allow current religious tradition to mold you into that pattern of reasoning. Like an inspired artist, give attention to the detail of God's desire to find expression in you. And then watch, become acquainted with perfection, To accommodate yourself to the delight and good pleasure of him will transform your thoughts afresh from within. What transforms your thoughts? To accommodate yourself to the delight and good pleasure of him will transform you. See, God is good. God is a good God. God never expresses disappointment in you. God never tells you you're not enough. God never tells you he's unhappy with you. God has never said to you, why you crazy thing you, get out of my sight. Why uh, kids are meant to be uh, uh, seen and not heard. Why you this and that vulgar terms that hitting children, things like that. And and we get an image of God because of things we read and have heard and so forth that God's a wrathful, judgmental God. God's never expressed an abusive, dismissive thing in, in His being towards you at any time. See, it's intentional. To surrender. We mentioned last week Paul's comment in the book of Ephesians and Colossians about putting off, that we're to put off the old man and put on the new. That needs a little translation. So, listen to this. This is from the mirror translation, Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. I'll have it uh, on the screen. So, this is how you do that surrendering, being intentional, of putting off the old man so that you can discern the voice of Jesus versus the many voices inside you. But now, Paul said... Because you realize that you co-died and were co-raised together with Christ, you can flush your thoughts with truth. Permanently put these things behind you. Things such as violent outbursts of rage, depression, all manner of wickedness, slander, and every form of irregular conversation. That old life was a lie foreign to our design. There it is, foreign to your being birthed out of the same womb as Jesus. Those garments of disguise are now thoroughly stripped off of us in our understanding of our union with Christ in his death and resurrection. We are no longer obliged to live under the identity and rule of the robes we wore before. Neither are we cheating anyone through false pretensions. You see, so maturity involves becoming better acquainted with the expression of God in you. We don't get this by trying to get God or appease God or please God. We get this because it comes naturally to us to live out of our womb the womb of creation of how God made you to be. You know Jesus. You know his voice. You know how to walk in him. Now just take those old garments and consider those things, those thoughts dead. Be intentional with your prayers. Be intentional with contemplative silence. Be intentional with work and play. Be intentional with the things that you can do to challenge the way that you are thinking, the patterns that are in your mind. Let me show you something here. I have a little clip from a movie called The Help. And we're going to play this for you because it is exactly, now I want want you to see something here as I play this clip. I want you to envision that the African-American black lady is God, just like in the movie The Shack by Paul Williams.
1: You is smart. You is important. You is smart. smart. You You is is kind. You is
0: important. Oh,
1: that's so good.
0: (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) You is kind. You is smart.
1: You is important.
0: I'll show you something here. Jeff, that tree. You see that? That is not photoshopped. That's not two photographs layered. That picture was taken by a man who was uh, just, he was traveling and he was going throughout Farmlands. farmlands and so forth, just looking and <clears throat> looking at old buildings and things like that and he discovered this in a silo on an abandoned farm that's a tree growing out of a grain silo do you know what's on the inside of you despite what might it, it might look like right now, crusty on the outside, hard, impenetrable? There's life. God's tree is growing on the inside of you. Well, where'd I get that? If you knew how I lived, if you knew the things I said, if you knew the things I struggle with, see, it's God's seed. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about what he planted on the inside of you. It's growing. And you know what? As you go through the process, and it's a lifelong journey, of stripping away the sides of the silo, dealing with the patterns of thought that are contrary to the life on the inside of you, the silo is going to come down.